My loves, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dive deep? Or do you feel like you need some time away from the people, place, and things that make up your current life? It could be both. You're like, I need to get the fuck away from everything and everyone. And I'm also ready to take my spiritual path to the next degree, honey. Okay? Regardless of what it is, I got you. There's two legendary, amazing, delicious opportunities for us to practice together in person this year. The first one is at the iconic Omega Institute in New York, upstate New York. And the second one is in Mykonos, Greece, honey. And both of these retreats are going to be a combination of the spiritual dance practice, also known as the SAT method, also known as the spiritual workout, and Dharma talks. So let me break this down for you. The SAM method, for those of you who are like, what the fuck is that? It's a practice. Uh, it's an experience. It's a, it's, a, it's a performance art healing experience that I created um, that combines ecstatic dance, meditation, breath work, and mantra. And these four practices are here to activate, amplify, and energize the four qualities in your heart, according to Buddhist psychology, which are love, compassion, joy, and wisdom. So during the retreat... And, and upstate New York is five days, excuse me, six days, five nights. And Greece is eight days, seven nights. I'm going to tell you more about this in a second. But during the retreat, we're going to dance. We're going to dance twice a day. Okay. And dance as much as you want. Move as much as you want. But the whole purpose of the, of the movement is for you to actualize what you learn during the theory part. Where we're going to sit around and I'm going to explain to you through, through the, the, my interpretation and my understanding, my studies of Buddhist psychology, I'm going to give you all that I know during that dedicated, you know, retreat time away from the people, place and things that make up your current experience. You're going to be devoted towards your heart, towards your liberation. Therefore, you're going to be able to then actualize that which you learn during theory in the dance floor. And then you're going to be, be able to bring that all back into your life once you leave the retreat. Going to retreat has been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. It has changed my life. And you've heard, if, you, if you're a listener, uh, an avid listener to the podcast, you've heard me talk about going on retreats over and over again. If you've read my books, you know that going on spiritual retreats is how we take our practice to the next level. Oftentimes we do need to take time away from people, place, and things that make up our current life in order for us to truly discover who are we really and what is it that I want to do in my life. And maybe you're like, I already know who I am and I'm already happy with what I'm doing in my life, but you want to actually bring more joy, more bliss. You actually want to be happier, more playful, more lighthearted in more lightheartedness into your life. This retreat, these retreats are for you. You can either come to one or you can come to both. It doesn't matter. The point of the Psalm method, the spiritual workout, the spiritual dance practice is for us to say fuck off to people that says that when you are a disciplined spiritual practitioner, you become more serious. That is a lie. Okay. The truth is the deeper you become, the, the, the deeper you, you, you enter into the spiritual path and the more you're disciplined about your spiritual liberation, the more playful and lighthearted and more smiles and more humor and more laughter your life becomes filled 
with. Okay, so click the links in the show notes and I hope to see you at, in upstate New York at the iconic, legendary Omega Institute. Uh, let me tell you the dates. Uh, upstate New York is June 19th through the 24th. Okay, and Greece is um, October 8th through October 15th, okay? And if you have any questions or concerns about the retreats, when you click the link in the show notes, um, or so you can visit my Instagram bio or my TikTok bio to get all the details for the for the retreats. If you have questions, just go onto the retreats website and, and click over there to find out how you can talk to the retreat producers. They're both amazing powerhouse companies that are producing my retreats. They will be able to help you with anything you need, okay? I love you all so much, and I cannot wait to practice with you and get free with you. Love you. Peace. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. The following podcast was recorded live on Quilt. At the core of, of, of tantric Buddhism and other esoteric uh, traditions from, from India and Tibet, um, there are these practitioners called Mahasiddhas. These Mahasiddhas are, are very unconventional. They're very eclectic. They're very unusual. They're very, um, they're very mysterious. They're very, um, they're very just interesting interesting people those who 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 danced to to their own uh to their own beat you know the ones who are just constantly like swimming against the stream they're the ones who are constantly uh saying no to convention and no to to the to systems of oppression you know they're constantly um stepping out of their comfort zone they're constantly finding ways to better themselves, you know? And, and they do it in such unusual ways. They do it in such profoundly unusual, mysterious, miraculous ways. And they've been able through, through, through you know, working um, uh, as, as a sex worker, working as a carpenter, working as a jewelry designer, working as a poet, working as an actor, working as, a, as, as someone in theater, working as a, as a mechanic, um, working as a as as a teacher, as a guide, you know, working as as a as a sculptor, working in 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 ways that you will never think this person is a spiritual teacher. This person is liberated. This person is a saint, because we've we've had this view that for someone to be a saint, for someone to be sanctified, for someone to be holy, they have to talk like this and they have to walk. And they have to eat like this. And they have to do things in a very, very particular way. But these Mahasiddhas, these radical saints are showing us, and they've been doing this for, for, for thousands of years, that it doesn't have to be that way. That it could be done in a variety of different ways, in ways that, that we have never seen done before. Right? So they are bringing... Uh, holiness, and they're they're sanctifying every piece of jewelry they're making. You know, if someone is a sex worker, and with every 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 client that they work with, they're sanctifying that experience. So the person that they are engaging uh, in that experience with, they're receiving miracles. Something is unlocking inside of them. If someone is a chef and they're a mahasiddha, 
the way they position the food on the plate and when the plate arrives in your table, you looking at that plate, you are unlocking something inside of you, you know? If someone is a mahasida and they're an actor, right, they, they may be performing a role of someone who's very sloppy and messy and harmful and just like a character that we never think that that character would, that, that, that specific character in that movie has anything to do with saintliness, you know, has anything to do with the holy. But because that character is being performed by a mahasida, the way that character on the screen moves their eyes, the way that character touches their hair, the way that character walks or engages in the screen, something unlocks inside of us. Do we know, do we know these people that we're talking about? You know? So I wanted to think about these very unconventional saints, that they've done it in a completely radically different way. These are the people who transformed their pain into poetry. These are the people who, who've had a traumatic past, but they chose to not allow their past to define who they are. They chose to not allow that one aspect of their story to be the definition of their biography. They chose to not allow that painful event to be the name of their biography. You know, And if it does become the name of their biography, they put a comma after and say, and here's what I did with it. Here's how I, how I transformed my trauma into poetry. Here's how I transformed my misery into grace. Here's how I transformed my suicidal ideation into light and love and strength and courage. Here's how, how I got myself out of bed and chose to go and serve people, you know? So these Mahasidas, um, they're, they're, they're known to be great saints, you know? A Maha is great, and a Siddha is a, is a miraculous power. So these are great saints with miraculous power. So these are great beings with these miraculous, pow miraculous powers, right? And, and they're very unconventional. So everyone, I believe, who follows my work are eclectic. Every one of us are very particular. We, very, we know what we like and what we don't like. We know our preferences. We're all doing very unique shit in the world. We're not copying and pasting our personality, our dreams, our likes. We're very much trailblazers. We're very much visionaries. We're very much those people who people look up to and say, this motherfucker, wow, I love what they're doing. Thank you for being so inspiring. Thank you for showing me what's possible. So I'd like to say that all of us, you know, who, who are interested uh, in my approach to spirituality, our Mahasiddhas, our great saints and sages who are developing these miraculous powers and are working in profoundly mysterious ways. You know, when you buy a flower from a florist and you may just walk into this florist shop and it's, it's, this, it's this young um, man, you know, this and 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 you may see this man who's who's wearing uh, makeup and jewelry and beautiful long blue nails, you know, and 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 he's he he gives you their name, and you may immediately associate that name with a different gender, right? But they're giving you that name to sort of urge you 
to move beyond your preconceived notions of gender, your preconceived notions of, of fixed identity, right? And they put together, they ask, who's the flower? Who are the flowers for? You know, and that day they are associated with, with he, him. Tomorrow they may be she, her. The next day they may be they, them. I'm speaking about me the way I approach the world, right? I don't work in a florist shop, but I'm trying to paint you a picture for you to understand the fluidity of a mahasita, the fluidity of someone who's sanctifying every aspect of their being, you know? They recognize that they're, they're, that they're, they're a, a moment, that they're a passing experience, you know? That they're flashing and floating and fleeting, that they are, they are a glimpse in time. So they ask you, for the flowers for the flowers for it's for my um, it's for my mom she's very sick and the moment that you say the the flowers for my mom she's very sick and then you know and then he goes out to the back and he starts picking flowers he starts picking a variety of different flowers and he puts them all together and as he's picking the flowers and putting them together you see his mouth is uttering something you can't even make up the words but there you recognize that there is a ritual taking place he's chanting a mantra he's infusing the flowers with divinity He's sanctifying these enlightened beings that flowers are. He's infusing the flowers with saintliness, with divinity, with grace. And then as he brings this set of beautiful flowers together and he puts them in this, in this bouquet, the moment that you see the bouquet, something unlocks inside of you. You enter into an altered state of consciousness. Something unlocks inside of you. A wall that you had on your heart falls down. Something about your mind gets decolonized. A part of your conditioning fades away. Simply by the way of this, of this incredible being, of this mahasiddha, this florist, and this shop, by putting together those flowers, with intention and attention, intention and attention, infuse with the sacred utterance, with this mantra, all of a sudden when you look at it, you get a miracle inside of you. And then you say, thank you so much. And you tip them really beautifully because now you've become a generous person. Although you don't have a lot of money, although you're struggling financially, and although you've been wanting a financial breakthrough, all of a sudden, your, your fear of scarcity, if I tip him the 20 bucks that I have in my wallet right now, I'm, I'm not going you know, to be able to, to, to have my Starbucks or eat my burrito later today. But nothing phases you like that. All of a sudden, you have conviction that the universe has your back, that life has your back. So you tip them the $20. And you take the flowers and you put them in your car and you drive to a mom's house. When you arrive at mom's house, she's in bed. She's been in bed for a while. She's depressed. She's in despair. She's happy to see you, but she can't even show you how happy she is because she's, so, she's in so much pain. Her cancer is very, very alive. 
and she started to give in to the cancer narrative. She started to, to give in to the cancer narrative so much that she's now saying, I have cancer and I don't think I'm going to make it. The conviction and faith of having hope is no longer there. So she can't really show you how excited she is because the pain has activated a trance of amnesia and she has forgotten who she is. And you, instead of saying, oh, mom, cheer up, smile, let's get up and let's do this, you say nothing. But because you had a miracle take place inside of you, because you came in contact with the Mahasiddha, now you are carrying in your hand a miracle, a bouquet of flowers. Now carry the power of transformation. So when you arrive in your mom's house and you come close to the bed and you just, and you just look at mom, and you start to have this evocative empathy where your face is, 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 is now speaking sadness and speaking despair, but your heart is so awake, your heart is so open, and you hold these flowers in your hand and you offer it to your mom. The moment that your mom sees the flowers, something inside of her changes. She has a glimpse of relaxation. She has a glimpse of relaxation. It's in that moment that the tumor shrinks in size. It's in that moment that something unlocks, that the hope that she had that she will die from this cancer, that she doesn't have any hope left, that her depression has, has now become suicidal, that she feels hopeless and helpless. Something about the way that the great saint who was the florist put those flowers together and the way that you enter the room with that open heart, with that bouquet of flowers in your hand. Now your mom is experiencing a miracle. Are we following? Are we communicating? The way that you have been traditionally thinking about the spiritual path and about miracles and about transformation and about healing and about sanctification and about the holy, it's got to go through the window. It's time for you to open up to the Mahasiddha approach, the Mahasiddha view. The miracles can happen at any corner. You can be buying a hot dog from a street vendor, and that hot dog person who's selling it, that person who's selling the hot dog, they may be a Mahasiddha in disguise. They may be a Buddha in drag, but you have no idea. But all of a sudden, when you come close and you lean into their field, something changes. And the smell of the hot dog unlocks something inside of you. You gotta be open. You gotta stay open. Because miracles are everywhere. These Mahasiddhas are everywhere. These eclectic, mysterious saints are everywhere. They're no longer sitting in a mountaintop. They're no longer sitting in a monastery, in an ashram. They're no longer in a church only. They're everywhere. And you are one of them. You don't have to be a spiritual teacher 
to support people in their healing. You don't have to be a therapist or a coach or a meditation teacher or a yoga teacher to help people. Yes, if that's your path, then live out that vision. Live it out, but do it in your own unique way. Freedom will look different for everybody, but it will feel the same for all of us. You know, how freedom looks on the outside, the way I express my freedom looks different than for, 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 for everyone. But we are all able to experience those deep moments, those deep moments, those deep holy moments, those deep moments of sanctification that we're able to now connect deeply with the divine we're able to awaken that, 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 that basic goodness inside of us and truly see the basic goodness in everyone and everything. So the orientation of a Mahasiddha is working on your freedom in such a way and allowing your self-expression self to shine through, to be a vehicle of your inner freedom. Allow your self-expression to be a vehicle of your inner freedom. And your self-expression will communicate non-verbally freedom, potential for people. And when they lay, lay, when they lay their eyes on you, something inside of them changes. As I was talking about earlier, perhaps it was in a different talk, it feels like it was Years ago now. <laughs> oh my goodness, time. Some people say that ascended masters are living in compressed time. I'm, I'm not an ascended master, but I'm working on it. I'm working on my saintliness. I'm working on, on truly becoming liberated and, and tying my liberation to my contribution and, and partnering and merging and marrying my liberation to my contribution. Every glimpse of freedom inside of him becomes, becomes an ounce, becomes a glimpse of beautification in the outside world. Every bit of inner freedom becomes a bit of, of, of utter beautification. That's the work of a Mahasiddha. That's the work of a saint. That's the work of a radical saint. So that's the work that we're here to do, is to work in that direction. It's to work in that direction. So what I was talking about earlier was about entering the supermarket, the most mundane things. And you're like, Sa, I can't change my job right now. I have to do this corporate thing. I have to do this specific thing that I'm doing right now for a little while longer while I can save up some money so I can start my creative, uh, my creative uh, expression in, uh, so I can start to, to share my gifts with the world. Let me take that back because your creative expression has to start now. Okay. Your creative expression is how we can find each other. Is how a fellow Mahasiddha can meet another one, you know. So a creative expression, when I'm speaking about creative expression, I'm speaking about, about you may be saying, I have to work this corporate job for a little while longer. Why I can save up some money. So at some point, I can start to share my gifts with the world in, a very, in this very specific way that I dream of doing. That's fine. But what I need you to do as a Mahasiddha, as a great magician, as a great saint, as someone who is part of a tantric lineage, as someone who is a study of the esoteric, of someone who is in communion with the divine, of someone who lives in such a mysterious, profound, miraculous, you know, it was someone who is in continuous seduction of the gods, 
You need to enter the supermarket and you need to ritualize that experience. You need to become a ritual. You need to become a ritual. Everyone that sees you at the supermarket, don't treat just going to the supermarket like a boring chore. Treat it as church. Treat it going to get coffee in the morning as church. Treat it entering the office as church. That's the work of Mahasida. Becoming liberated in your cubicle, in your desk. Walking down the, 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 the hallway in your office. But you're walking in such a way that everyone there is receiving a miracle. Because your presence is communicating relaxation and ease. A Mahasiddha is someone who has radically transformed their pain and continuously transforms their pain into poetry. They use every bit of chaos, every bit of, of disharmony, every bit of poison, and they turn it into medicine. Every single desire that would lead to harm, every single desire that would lead to, to unskillfulness, every single desire that would lead to trauma, every single desire that would lead you backwards, every single desire that would lead you into, into the resurrection of old versions of yourself, every single desire that would lead you to destruction, to self-destruction. Now that energy of the desire is used for self-expression. The energy of desire is used to sanctify, to make it holy, to heal, to relax, to energize. And you're no longer living in a way that you have to tell people that they have to wake up. You have to wake up. You have to get out of the shit that you're in. No, you're no longer living in that way. The way you exist communicates that you've transformed poison into medicine. That with each breath you take, you're transforming poison into medicine. That each time you smell a disturbing, disgusting smell, when it actually that smell that everyone else smells as disturbing, smells as disgusting, when it enters your nostrils, when it enters your nose as a mahasida, it smells of fragrance, it smells of incense, it smells of perfume. But you're not telling people. You're not having to outwardly, constantly tell people this stuff. Your simple existence, you're being the ritual, you're being the medicine, you're being the antidote, you're being the meditation, you're being the mantra. Are we communicating? Are we communicating? Are we arriving somewhere? Are we arriving somewhere? Are we arriving somewhere? So that's the work of a Mahasita. That's the work of someone who's, who's utterly and profoundly committed to creating a culture of enlightenment. And they're not interested in creating a culture of enlightenment that everybody has to dress a certain way, that everybody needs to talk a certain way, that everyone needs to look a certain way, that everyone needs to eat a certain way. No, they're not interested in that. Because they know that freedom looks different for everybody in the outside. But internally, freedom feels the same. So they're not interested in your outward expression of freedom. They want you to experience internal freedom. 
So make a vow right now. Make a vow right now. I want to live as a Mahasida. I want to live as a radical saint. I'm here as a warrior of non-aggression. I'm committed to each step and every breath and every word and every orientation of my body and my mind to be towards the benefit of all people to be towards the benefit of all people, to be towards creating a culture of enlightenment. That's my message. That's my goal, right? Say that out loud. That's my goal. That's what I'm here to do. And it will look fucking unique because no one has done it how I have. And no one will do it how I have. My outward expression will look different. Remember that. But internally, we want all people to experience perfect love, perfect joy, perfect wisdom, perfect compassion. Okay? And we all know what that feels like. We've all glimpsed at perfect love. We've all glimpsed at perfect joy. We've all glimpsed at perfect wisdom. We've all glimpsed at perfect compassion. So it becomes our job as Mahasiddhas to live in a way that reminds people, that seduces people. And that seduction, it's a reminder that they too can experience that 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 lives inside of them, okay? Like that, like that, just like that. Okay, enough for today. I love you so much. Thank God for all of you. Thank you to all the Buddhas, all the Bodhisattvas, all the Dhaka Zakinis, all the Dharma Protectors, all the angels, all the, all the Ascended Masters. For continuously showing us the path, for continually whispering in our ears, for continually showing us the next step, reminding us of our interdependence. Okay, enough for today. Like that. Thank God for you. I'm Sadi Simone, and you've been listening to the Spiritually Sassy Show. If you haven't yet, Go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another spiritually sassy conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you.